Lesson number 138, Surah An-Nahl, ayah number 80 to 95. Wallahu and Allah ja'ala lakum, He has made for you. Min buyutikum from your homes, sakanan, a place of rest. What is sakan? To become still. Sukoon. What is sukoon? What is sukoon? Peace. Right? When you have that peace of mind, when you're not worried, you're not anxious, you're calm. Sukoon. So sakan is a place of rest. Meaning, when you're out of the house, you're constantly on the go. Walking, riding, driving. And then what happens when you come home? You just leave everything by the door and you go and throw yourself on the couch. Sakat. You become still. You can relax. Can you relax like that in the middle of a mall? Can you relax like that in the middle of your workplace? In the middle of your classroom? Like for example at home, in your living room, can you just lie down on the floor? At home, can you do that? I hope you can. But can you do that here? You can't. So where is it that your fears and your worries, they all go? At home. Which is why they said there is no place like home. There's no place like home. Even the most luxurious hotel. What happens after a few days? You're like, I think we should go back home. Hmm? So, وَاللَّهُ جَعَلَ لَكُمْ مِن بُيُوتِكُمْ سَكَنًا And no matter what kind of a home it is, Big or small, beautiful or not, whatever it is, what is it? It's a place of rest. It's a place of rest. Whether it's lavishly furnished or hardly furnished, whatever it is, it's a place where you can go and feel relaxed. You can be yourself. You can let all the guards down. Right? Second, وَجَعَلَ لَكُمْ And He has made for you مِن جُلُودِ anam From the skins of the grazing livestock. Julud is a plural of jild. And jild is the skin. The skin meaning the hide. The hide of the animal. And anam are those animals which are eaten, which are halal. So from the skins of these animals, He has provided you buyut. Buyut is a plural of bait, meaning homes. You make your homes from the skins of these animals. From animal heights. What kind of homes? Tents. And these homes are so amazing. These tents are so good that you find sakan in them, you find sukoon in them. And also, these homes that you make from animal heights, you can transport them easily from one place to the other. If you're moving from one city to the other, can you take your house with you? Can you take your apartment with you? Can you take your basement with you? Whatever kind of house you live in, can you take that with you? No, you can't. You have to leave it behind. No matter how much you admire those walls, and you admire the layout, and you admire the tiles, and the carpet, and the wooden floor, whatever it is, how much you admire it, you can't take it with you. And if you try doing that, you'll be making life very, very miserable and costly for yourself. But these homes that are from animal hides, you can move them from one place to the other. تَسْتَخِفُونَهَا You find it very light. تَسْتَخِفُونَ From خَفَافَ خَفِيف To be light. تَسْتَخِفُونَ You find light. هَا It. هَا meaning those buyut, those homes that you make from animal hides. When is it that you find these light? Meaning light to carry. يَوْمَ On the day of ضَعْنِكُمْ Your ضَعْن وَيَوْمَ And the day of إِقَامَتِكُمْ Your إِقَامَة what is la'n? La'n is from the root letters la'in noon. And la'n is to raise, to pick up. 
Okay? And basically it is when a group of people, they pack up what they have, they pick it up, okay? And they go off on their journey. Why do they travel? Why are they going off on their journey? In search of food, water, a better place to live. You know that many people in Arabia were desert dwellers, meaning they were Bedouins. There were people who lived in Mecca, in Medina, in At-Ta'if. Okay? But many people also lived in the desert. And in the desert, what is the way? That if you find an oasis, you find a place where there is water, there are some palm trees, you can get some dates from there. And there is also enough plants nearby where your animals can go pasture. Then what will happen? You will go and set camp. And that is where you will live. But then eventually, what happens? The water finishes. Or the animals have eaten all the plants. And now, there is nothing left. The place where you take them to pasture is too far off. So then what would they do? Pick up their stuff. Pack up everything from their homes to their cooking things and everything, their clothes. They would pack up everything, pick it up and go. So, يَوْمَ ضَعْنِكُمْ The day when you pack up and you leave. Why do you leave? In search of food, water, a better place. وَيَوْمَ إِقَامَتِكُمْ And also on the day when you do iqama, meaning when you get to your new location, okay, and you unpack everything, you set camp, okay, on that day also you find your homes very light. The day when you were leaving, so easy. Just pick up everything, including your tents, fold them up, put them on your animals, and go off. And then, يَوْمَ إِقَامَتِكُمْ And on the day when you have to settle somewhere, then again, it's so easy, you can just lift them off from the backs of the animals, and then pitch your tents. So easy. And these days, alhamdulillah, the tents that we have, literally you can fold them into a bag. يَوْمَ ضَعْنِكُمْ وَيَوْمَ إِقَامَتِكُمْ So quickly, easily. You can wrap them up and travel with them and get to your new location and set them up. Is there anyone who's gone camping? MashaAllah, lots of you. So what happens when you're going for camping? What do you have to take with you? A lot of stuff, right? And for camping, for travel purposes, what is it that you prefer? What kind of luggage? What kind of things that are light? Durable and also light. Correct? Why? Because you have to carry everything. Even though you're taking everything in your car, when you get to the camping site, what do you have to do? Take everything from your car to your cabin or whatever you, that you'll be staying in. Hmm? So, this is a blessing that A, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you homes, a shelter, a place where you can live, where you can find sukoon. And secondly, such homes that you can pack up and leave with and then you can pitch them up again very easily. وَمِنْ أَصْوَافِهَا And from there, أَصْوَاف أَصْوَاف is a plural of صُوف صُوف means sheep wool. Okay? Sheep wool. And you know, sheep wool, it's very similar to cotton. I mean, it looks similar also. It feels similar also. Obviously, there's a huge difference between the two, cotton and wool. There's a huge price difference. Right? Have you heard of the term Sufi? Huh? So many times the scholars say that the word Sufi is also from the word Suf. Because Tariqud Dunya, meaning a person who abandons the world, the pleasures, the luxuries of this world, and he just engages in the worship of Allah, then obviously the, one of the first things that he will abandon is comfortable clothing. 
I'm not saying that is according to the sunnah, but this is how it started. So they would wear such kind of clothes, just cotton, sometimes rough. Okay? And as a result, they were given this name. So anyway, aswafiha. From the aswaf, from the wool of these animals, especially sheep, wa'ubariha. And their hair. Aubar is a plural of wabar. And wabar is used for the fur or the hair, okay, you could say fur, of camels and goats. So sheep, they have wool. Camels and goats, what do they have? Wool? It's different. It's not really wool, it's different. You can call it fur. وَأَشْعَارِهَا Ash'ar is the plural of sha'ar. And sha'ar is hair. Okay, from the hair of these animals. You know, for example, a goat, it will have a beard. Have you ever seen that? A goat having a beard? So that's not wabar, that is sha'ar. So whatever that grows on the skins of these animals... Whether it is wool, fur, hair, long or short, thick or fine fibers, whatever it is, you can make athathan. Athathan. Athath is basically used for household items. Things that you use in your house. What is it that you use in your house? What is it that you need to put in your house to call that place house, home? Huh? Okay, furniture. What else besides furniture? Rugs, what else? What's one of the, just imagine, you move to a new place, completely new, and you've got nothing. Okay? And you need to buy things for your home. What's one of the first things that you'll get? A place to sleep in. Right? A pillow, a blanket, some kind of mattress, a bedding. Right? And then after that, what do you need? A couch to sit on. Right? And then what do you need? Then you need like a table. And then once you have a table, you say, it would be nice if it had a nice coaster. Right? And then you say, these walls are too bare. It would be nice if they had some art. Huh? And then you say, the floor is too hard. It would be nice if there was a rug. And so what happens? The things just keep pouring in. They keep increasing, increasing, increasing. So all of this is athath. Now from the fur, the hair, the wool of these animals, yes, people make basically everything. From baskets in which they will keep their food in, to things that they will put on their walls to keep the place insulated, to keep their tents insulated. And then also carpets, and then bedding, and then clothing, and even artwork. Everything you can make basically from the hides of these animals. وَمَتَاعًا إِلَى حِينَ And also an enjoyment until a time. Meaning these things, yes, you can enjoy them, but not forever. Only until they perish or you perish. Either they will leave first, meaning they will finish first before you, or if they don't, then what will happen? You will leave them. مَتَاعًا إِلَى حِينَ Now in this ayah, what do we learn? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, amongst the many blessings that He's given us, He has also fulfilled our Basic need. And what is that need? Shelter. And depending on where a person is, which place, what grows there, what the climate is like, people have made their homes from different materials. Because the first recipients of the Qur'an were the Arabs. What is it that they made their homes with? Animal hides. Those who lived in the desert, as well as those who lived in the cities. How is that those who lived in the cities, like for example Makkah and Medina, how is it that they made their homes? Remember that the people of Makkah would travel for the purpose of 
trade. And they would travel all the way to Asham in the winter and in the summer. It was a long journey. And when you're traveling through the desert, tell me which hotel is there that you can just go and get your night's sleep over there. You don't have that option. So when they would travel, amongst the many things that they took with themselves, they also took their tents. They also took their tents. Something that they could put over their heads to take shelter from the sun. And something that they could put beneath themselves in order to recline on. So Allah has fulfilled every need of yours. And it's amazing how these tents are especially, because they're first of all very cost efficient. Your animal dies or you slaughter an animal and hey, you have something new to work with. What can you make with it? Maybe a new bedding, or maybe a new curtain, or maybe a new wall insulator, whatever it may be. And in the heat, remember that the hides of these animals, they were perfect for insulation. So if it was hot, if you had your tent made of these animal hides, inside it would be cool. And if it was cold outside, inside it would be warm. So you understand? How there were natural defense against harsh weather. And amongst other benefits, they also made many, many beneficial, useful things from these animals. وَاللَّهُ جَعَلَ لَكُمْ And Allah has made for you مِمَّا خَلَقَ From that which He has created ظِلَالًا Shadows ظِلَال is a plural of ظِل And what is ظِل? Shadow So from the different things that Allah has made He has produced for you from these creatures What? Shadows Shades So you can take shelter in those shades against the heat of the sun Just imagine if there was nothing such as shadow, we would be sitting in sun right now. Just imagine. If you're constantly under the heat of the sun. Constantly. Because your car, it doesn't make a shadow. Or your roof, it doesn't make a shadow. Nothing makes a shadow. Then how would we survive? Constantly under the heat of the sun. So, وَاللَّهُ جَعَلَ لَكُم مِمَّا خَلَقَ ظِلَالًا وَجَعَلَ لَكُم And He has made for you مِنَ الْجِبَالِ From the mountains أَكْنَان أَكْنَان is a plural of kin And kin is basically a place to hide in When you put something inside another So that it is completely hidden You know for example You take a piece of jewelry And you put it in a box So it's a container but it's not just a container that is carrying it, that is keeping it safe. It's also hiding it. It's also covering it. Right? So He has made for you in the mountains aknan, hiding places. Places where you can go inside and take shelter. From who? From what? From rain, from heat. Remember the story of those three men who were traveling? And then the weather became really intense, so they had to take shelter in a cave. And as they were hiding over there, meaning waiting for the rain to go away, what happened? A huge boulder, you know, it fell, there was an avalanche or something, and it came and closed the mouth of the cave, and they were stuck inside. And then they made dua. And they used wasila. They said that, Oh Allah, because we did such and such good deed, please make things easy for us today. So one by one, what happened? The mouth of the cave opened, opened, opened until eventually they were able to come out. Hmm? So when people would travel through the mountains, where would they take shelter? From weather, from heat, from wild animals to hide. 
and also from the enemy in caves. Remember the hijrah of the Prophet ﷺ? Where did he take shelter? Where? In a cave. So he has made for you these natural places where you can hide. Where? مِنَ الْجِبَالِ أَكْنَانًا وَجَعَلَ لَكُمْ And he has also made for you سَرَابِيل Clothes. Sarabil is a plural of Sirbal. And Sirbal is clothing. What kind of clothing has he made for you? Clothing that تَقِيكُمْ It protects you. Same root as taqwa. وَوْقَافِيَةً It protects you from الحر The heat. Clothing that protects you from heat. Don't people think otherwise? That if you're hot, take your clothes off? But what do we learn here? If you're hot, you need a certain type of clothing in order to protect yourself from heat. Hmm? To keep yourself cool. To protect your skin from getting burnt. To protect your skin from overheating. Hmm? Yeah, there's so many rays that you need to protect your body from, your skin from. So, تَقِيكُمُ الْحَرْ Clothes that protect you from heat. Now, there are also clothes that protect us from cold. That's not mentioned over here, but it's understood. Okay? Clothing that protects you from heat and obviously from cold as well. وَسَرَابِيلُ And other clothes that تَقِيكُمْ would save you, protect you. بَأْسَكُمْ In your بَأْس Meaning in your battles. When you're fighting against each other with weapons, then what happens? You wear something in order to protect your body. Armor. Armor. Whatever it is, you wear it in order to protect yourself in these situations. كَذَلِكَ يُتِمُّ نِعْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكُمْ Thus does Allah complete His favor on you. لَعَلَّكُمْ تُسْلِمُونَ So that you would surrender. Recently somebody was telling me that from spider web, silk basically, they made bulletproof jackets. Okay? So basically such vests which protect you from any bullets. Go ahead. I did a project on this. Spider silk is the strongest known natural occurring material known to man. And I, when I was doing the project, I found that in Australia they have a farm where they've extracted the gene, that the spider silk gene from the spider, and they've put it into goats. They've spliced the gene. So they're trying to recreate spider silk in like in mass quantities. Yes, because you would need about half a million spiders to produce one pound of spider silk. Okay, And because that's the strongest fiber, obviously it's ideal for bulletproof jackets and so on and so forth. Right? But imagine to produce one pound of spider silk, you need half a million spiders. But spiders, you know that they're extremely territorial. Right? So they tried farming spiders, okay? And they said that if you have 1,000 spiders in one place, in one hour, you will have only one spider left. Why? Because they will kill each other, kill each other, kill each other to the point there will be only one survivor, basically. So that plan failed. So if you want to get spider silk from spiders, it's not going to work. It's going to take, it's too long of a process, too slow of a process. It's not that efficient. So they took the spider, the gene from the spider that produces the protein, okay, with which the spider silk is made, and they took that protein and put it in the egg of a goat. Okay? So the goat, when it was born, it naturally had that protein, okay, because of which the spider silk protein was present in the goat, and it naturally produced that. Now, what does a goat produce? Milk. 
So then they milk the goats and in the milk is that protein which is then separated from the milk and then from that they make spider silk. However, it is 10 times weaker than the actual real spider silk produced by spiders. 10 times weaker. So even that plan is not exactly working out. So they're still researching and not just in Australia actually, this video that I watched near Montreal in Canada also. They have a farm where they have such spider goats. Okay? So, تَقِيكُمُ الْحَرُّ وَسَرَابِيلُ تَقِيكُمْ بَأْسَكُمْ You need these clothes to protect you from the heat, from the cold, and also from your wars, your battles, where you need to protect your bodies from external danger. And this also, these clothes also, where do you get them from? From plants, from animal source, okay? From natural materials that you find in the earth. You cannot create them. You can only make them from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already produced for you. So realize that even though you're making clothes, who is actually giving you those clothes? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah جَعَلَ لَكُمْ Allah has made for you. كَذَلِكَ يُتِمُّ نِعْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكُمْ Thus does He complete His blessings on you. Complete His blessings on you. How? That there is nothing that you need except that Allah has given it to you. Nothing that you need except that your Lord has provided you with it. What is it that we need? Food. Did we learn about that earlier? Yes. These animals, you can get milk, you can get meat. So many things that you can eat. Honey was mentioned. right? Rain was mentioned because of which so much grows. And what grows, you eat. So food. Has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fulfilled that need for us? Okay. After food, what else do we need? Shelter. Has He given that? Yes. After shelter, what else do we need? Huh? Clothing, even that is mentioned over here. Besides that, tools of survival, okay, so that you can see here, protect yourself, learn, grow, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, you can feel connected with other people. Even that He's given you. Another need that we learned about earlier, emotionally, relationships, even that was mentioned. Spouses, children, grandchildren, right? So, كَذَلِكَ يُتِمُّ نِعْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكُمْ he has completed His blessings on you. There is nothing that you need except that He has already given it to you. But yet, you have a list of complaints. لَعَلَّكُمْ تُسْلِمُونَ And He mentions all of this to you so that you would surrender. Surrender to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You would surrender before Him in Islam so you accept it. And those who are already Muslim, you would increase in your submission before your Lord. You would increase in your obedience. You would give yourself to your Lord. لَعَلَّكُمْ تُسْلِمُونَ Now think about it. If somebody has been very generous to us, if someone has been very generous to us, what happens naturally? What kind of feelings do we develop for them? Of love. Right? Of loyalty. Like for example, if there is an animal as huge as even a whale. Okay? And it's kept in, let's say, marine land. Okay? And the trainer comes and gives it food to eat. Then what happens? Does the whale listen to the trainer? Oh, yeah. Is it loyal? Yeah. Is it obedient? Of course. 
Why? Just because the trainer is coming and giving it fish. Food to eat. That's it. It is only natural that when someone is generous to you, you become thankful to them. And that gratitude, it turns into obedience and loyalty and feelings of love and appreciation. And this is basically what? Surrender, submission. Because when someone makes you happy, when someone fulfills your need, when someone becomes a source of joy in your life, a relief you know, from your worries and your problems, a source of comfort, then what happens? You want to show your love to them. Right? You want to give back. And in giving back, you don't just give them something material. You also show them love. You also show them support. Right? You reciprocate that good feeling. And it is only natural for human beings to feel like this. That as human beings, we want to give. We want something to which we can dedicate ourselves to. We can give our time, we can spend our money, we can spend, you know, we can focus on it. Which is why many times it happens that a person says, you know what, once I'm married, I'll be happy. What I need is a spouse. Whom I can love, whom I can adore, whom I can cook for and I can clean for and I can do, and then when they get married and see what happens. Huh? Likewise, some women they say, you know what, all I need is a baby. A child of my own. That will also keep me happy. Why? Because true happiness comes from what? Giving. Giving. But the thing is that no matter what it is, who it is in this world, when you give your time, your money, even a little bit of your energy, when you focus on them, they bring you happiness, but with that happiness, they also cause you a lot of pain. Or do they not? Do they not? Of course they do. One day the husband is so nice, you're like, wow, I'm the luckiest woman in this world. And the next day you're like, what was I thinking when I decided to marry him? Children. Babies. What happens to many mothers? They're crying before they have children. Okay, please, please, please. I want, I want. Begging. And once they have their children, they're like, is there any option of returning to sender? (laughs) Because I don't know if I can deal with this anymore. My patience is expiring. My body is deteriorating. My time is just slipping away. What's going on? So this is a problem with the people and the things of this world. I'm not saying don't love them. Of course love them. Allah has given them to you. Allah has placed them in your life and you have to give them their haq. But don't begin to worship them and serve them. Don't dedicate yourself to the service of a creation. Whether that creation is a kitchen or a car, or a husband, or a child, or a parent even, or a career, whatever it is, don't worship them. Worship them in the sense that you give them all of what you have. Your heart, you love them. You give importance to them. You only care about them. So much so that you forget about yourself. No creation is worthy of this. Why? Because even though they've been good to you, and they've been generous to you, remember that Allah's ihsan on you is greater than the ihsan of any human being, any person, anything. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been more generous to you. كَذَلِكَ يُتِمُّ نِعْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكُمْ He completes His blessings on you. Anything you need, He's given it to you. 
لَعَلَّكُمْ تُسْلِمُونَ So you surrender to Him, not to the creation. Love the creation. Give them, but don't give them all that you have. Give that to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِ وَنُسُكِ وَمَحْيَايَ My life, وَمَمَاتِ And my death, لِلَّهِ For Allah. Why? Because He's Rabb of the Alameen. He's the Lord of the world. He made me, so I am for Him. He gave me everything. So this is why I dedicate myself to Him. لَعَلَّكُمْ تُسْلِمُونَ But it's amazing that no matter how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, no matter what we see of His blessings, still what happens? We forget Him. It's amazing how a fish will be so loyal to its master, its trainer. But a human being, what happens to him? What happens to her? إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لِرَبِّهِ لَكَنُودٌ He's surely very, very, very ungrateful. Extremely ungrateful. You know Surah Al-Adiyat? Surah Al-Adiyat. What's the first ayah? وَالْعَادِيَاتِ ضَبْحَا What does it mean? Horses that are running and that run in such a way that they're panting and snorting. And what does that mean? They're running really fast, really hard. They're doing their best. What's the next ayah? فَالْمُورِيَاتِ قَدْحَا That horses that as they're running and they're striking their feet on the pebbles, as the hooves, they touch the pebbles with so much force, what happens? Sparks. You can see the sparks. فَالْمُورِيَاتِ قَدْحَا Then, فَالْمُغِيرَاتِ Subha, early in the morning, these horses, they go and raid, meaning they attack the enemy. Why? Because their master is taking them. Early in the morning. And early in the morning, what do you want? It's a slow morning, you take it easy. But look at these horses, running, running, running. And then what's the next ayah? فَأَثَرْنَ بِهِ That as they run, they leave behind a cloud of dust. A cloud of dust. What's the next ayah? فَوَسَطُنَ بِهِ جَمْعًا And they together go right in the middle of the ranks of the enemy. Fearless. What's the next ayah? إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لِرَبِّهِ لَكَنُودٍ Look at these horses. So loyal to their masters. Why? Because the master gives them food and drink and brushes their fur and you know takes care of them. And look at these horses so loyal that they'll put their lives at risk. They'll get injured and wounded. But they will go in the morning, they will run so fast, with so much energy, obediently to their masters. When you realize that someone is being good to you, naturally you become loyal to them. But what's wrong with us? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has shown so many, so many favors to us, but yet, if we say anything, it's only words of complaints. If we express any gratitude, it's just superficial, it's not really from the heart. What's wrong? لَعَلَّكُمْ تُسْلِمُونَ Surrender. And what is true gratitude? True gratitude is that you you surrender. You do what the other wants you to do. If you say to your mother, Mom, thank you so much for everything that you've done for me. I really appreciate it. And she says, Oh, I love you, so and so forth. And there's a little bit of cries and tears and hugs and everything. And then she says, Come, let's go cook. And like, I love you, but I'm not doing that. A list of excuses. Is that surrender? 
Is that true love? Is that true gratitude? No. لَعَلَّكُمْ تُسْلِمُونَ True gratitude will make a person submit. Submit to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَإِن تَوَلَّوْ But if they turn away, فَإِنَّمَا عَلَيْكَ الْبَلَاغُ الْمُبِينَ Then on you, O Prophet wasallam, is the responsibility to convey. Meaning then you're not responsible. You've done your job. You've reminded them. You've conveyed the message to them. You've reminded them of the many blessings that Allah has given them. So your job is done. Recitation. وَاللَّهُ جَعَلَ لَكُمْ مِنْ بُيُوتِكُمْ وَجَعَلَ لَكُمْ مِنْ جُلُودِ الْأَنْعَامِ بُيُوتًا تَسْتَخِفُّونَهَا تَسْتَخِفُّونَهَا يَوْمَ ضَعْنِكُمْ وَيَوْمَ إِقَامَتِكُمْ وَمِنْ أَصْوَافِهَا وَأَوْبَارِهَا وَأَشْعَارِهَا أَثَاثًا أَثَاثًا وَمَتَاعًا إِلَى حِينٍ وَاللَّهُ جَعَلَ لَكُمْ خَلَقَ ظِلَالًا وَجَعَلَ لَكُمْ مِنَ الْجِبَالِ أَكْنَانًا وَجَعَلَ لَكُمْ وَجَعَلَ لَكُمْ سَرَابِيلَ تَقِيكُمُ الْحَرَّ وَسَرَابِيلَ تَقِيكُمْ بَأْسَكُمْ كَذَلِكَ يُتِمُّ نِعْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُسْلِمُونَ فَإِن تَوَلَّوْا فَإِنَّمَا عَلَيْكَ الْبَلَاغُ الْمُبِينُ